Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Hondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by General Manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6ABC.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar. Booking games inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this post-game show underway. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. And good afternoon, everybody. The Eagles are 4-0. Welcome to the Pond La Hockey Eagles post-game show. I'm Mike Vicinelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. Devin Caney will join us a little bit later. So through the... The rain and the wind and the muck and the overall nastiness, they survive and they overcome the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, 29-21, to 21. And, and they got five turnovers. I mean, let's face it, in this kind of a game with the weather the way it is, Trevor Lawrence not uh, uh, very secure with the football. Uh, they get the five turnovers. They run the ball, which is what they should have done in the weather like this. They ran it straight ahead. Miles Sanders, 27 for 134. 4-0 for the first time since 2004, and that was the year, of course, number five will always love you, right? 2004, they went to the Super Bowl that year. It got a little hairy at the end, but Trevor Lawrence gave them the fifth turnover, which secured the victory. Guys, uh, this is the way it really should have played out in this kind of weather. It, it didn't look like they were going to do it early, but finally they got their bearings on running the football the way they should have. Well, we jokingly said once once things were going bad for them early on, all they had to do was get to the second quarter because that's where they seemed to do their most damage. You know, both of these teams came into this game turning the ball over one time. But when you look at the sloppy conditions today, 
you knew the elements were going to play a significant factor in the outcome of this game. Early on, it played in favor of Jacksonville with a ricochet interception that was returned for a touchdown. But lo and behold, you know, the, 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 the football gods turned in favor of the Eagles and gave them five turnovers today. And, man, they needed it today. But uh, you got to learn how to win in, in every kind of condition. And we've watched this team put together four different types of win this season. You know, this thing could have went a myriad of different ways. Um, but it's funny because, you know, while we're watching the game, I'm watching this thing unfold. You get the tip interception, pick six. Then they turn around, they drive down, they punch it in, it's 14 to nothing. And I tweet right then and there and say, hey, listen, the Eagles for the first time this season are facing adversity. Let's see how they respond. If you're Eagles fans, you got to be excited about what you saw today because this team was in the hole two touchdowns and clawed their way out and scratched out a win in the game under really adverse conditions. I mean, there was opportunities for the offense to just lay down. Hurts, you know, didn't throw the ball particularly well today, but when he needed to make plays, he made plays. Um, Miles Sanders got a workload like we haven't seen Miles Sanders get in a long time. And Derek, I said in pregame, I said he may have to run the ball 25 Absolutely. times for them Absolutely. to be successful today. He ran the ball, what, 22 27. times? 27 times. Yep. Um, let me get the numbers yeah, tw yeah, tw 27 for uh, buck 34. Uh, buck 34 and two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's 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 pretty darn big, you know, yeah. when, when, you, when you don't put that kind of workload, you know, on your running back. But, I mean, listen, if you're an Eagles fan, you got to be thrilled with where this team is. They're undefeated right now. But Seth, I, I tell you, this was a classic example of the Eagles' offensive line being superior to a pretty good Jacksonville defensive front. The Jacks are pretty good against the run. They're number one in DVOA, if you, you follow those kind of analytics coming into the game. And they lost two guys, and they had, so they had to put Driscoll in there, they put Opeta in there, and they still survived it. Well, it, wasn't, it was never a situation where you had to put – Driscoll or Petta in a situation where they had to kick, you know, 40 times in order for you to get back in the game. They were down early, which lent to them being able to run the football, continue to run the football, stick to their game plan, which I'm sure that game plan adjusted just this morning. I mean, when you get to the stadium and you realize that the weather's going to be the way that it is, listen, you're not going to come out and have Jalen Hurts throw the ball 30, 35 times today. So because they got behind early, that that gave them the, the 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 ability to just continue to run the ball and stick to the game plan and only have Jalen throw the ball when they need to have him throw. Four of their turnovers lead to, to 30 points, by the way. So every time that the Jacksonville Jags turned it over, the Eagles answered with a score, three touchdowns, and they got the field goal there. They scored 20 straight points off of turnovers in, in a span there. And, you know, Derek, you brought up the second quarter. Are you ready for this? They're 85 and 14 in the second quarters this year against their opponent, 44 and to zero in the last two. So something's kicking in in the second quarter for this team. What's that all about? You know what? They they have to make adjustments. They're adjusting to what a defense is throwing at them. They go over to the sideline. They talk about it. They adjust their game plan. And once they adjust their game plan, a defense is unable to counter with it because of all the weapons this team has in the passing game and the running game. This particular game, they started out trying to run to the outside against this Jacksonville defense, and Seth and I are screaming, you can't run to the outside against this defense. They're too fast. Run straight at their defense. Once they started making that adjustment, they were starting to hit them right up the middle. That's when they started gaining chunks of real estate. 
give Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni credit once again, making adjustments on the fly that turned out to be so beneficial to the success of this team today. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, let's talk about him because I like him. I, I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. But today, I think, proves not ready for, for adverse conditions, not ready for prime time. Got a little skittish there, lost two snaps, got strip sacked twice, got, got baited into an interception by Bradbury on pressure from Gannon on that play. Well, I, I will continue to contend. I will die on two hills. One of them is, you know, even in today's world of the quarterback-driven NFL, you still need a running game. Most quarterbacks in the league still need a running game in order for them to be successful. The other hill I will die on is the hill of pressure. Pressure changes everything. Pressure makes pipes burst. Pressure makes quarterbacks make hasty, dumb decisions. They make them make mistakes. And when you sit back and you let a quarterback in this league, at this level, just feel comfortable in the pocket, go through his reads and have options of where to throw the ball, you're asking for trouble. Now, the Eagles got to Trevor Lawrence, and they made him uncomfortable. They even, at times, made it look like they were coming, and just the illusion of pressure made him nervous. Um, the Eagles only they, they only blitzed three times a day. Just three. I mean, in my estimation, that's not enough because – Listen, you allowed Trevor Lawrence in the second half to get comfortable and pull within, you know, shouting range of tying this game up and send it to overtime. Why? Why not just decimate his confidence from the beginning? Why not just do it the entire game? Why not leave any shadow of a doubt that, you know what, you have no chance? The Eagles are going to get themselves in trouble because they're going to do this with a quarterback down the road, and it's going to come back to bite them in the behind. I'm telling you right now. Well, we'll see if, if that happens. Now, I thought it was really – first of all, welcome back to Doug Peterson. He got a nice ovation. They put him on the, on the board, got a really nice ovation. I thought that would happen. He's won a Super Bowl here. I think Eagle fans really respect that. But I think he tipped his hand with Trevor Larson. There was that one series, they were third and ten, and he ran the football to just give it up, to, to punt, at not trusting his quarterback in that kind of situation. I think Doug realizes he's not a finished product yet. Well, he's not a finished product, but, you know, as a coach – I think coaches need to do a, a much better job of taking the temperature of what's going on around their team and, and what's going on in the moment. I always talk about the analytics drive so much in professional sports now that it's ridiculous. The analytics have all, always been created to be a tool used by the coaches when they're making decisions. It's not a tool that should drive the decisions of coaches. Analytics. I hate analytics. And, and, and it, well, listen, it, it's a part of the game. It and, is. And, and people think that analytics is something that was just came out of nowhere. Listen, it was analytics when I played. You know, because we didn't have computers and computer printouts back then, you created your own analytics. Guess why? By, by how? By watching film and charting teams over a four-game span. Those are analytics, okay? The probabilities of analytics is what's making the, the, the decisions for coaches nowadays. And to me, that's a problem because you lose accountability. Because if the numbers say the probability of you winning the game go up if you convert this fourth down and you go for it, if, if I'm the coach, I'm like, don't look at me. Your analytics guy up there is in my ear telling me to go for it because this is what the numbers say. You know, so there's no accountability. That's the first thing. The second thing is whatever happens to your gut. Okay? The feel for I the game. Yes, I watched yes. Seattle. I watched Seattle 
fall apart as an organization because they allowed the analytics to make a decision that cost them a Super Bowl and it destroyed that football team. Yes. Whatever happened to the field for the game? You talked about there were analytics back when you played, but there were no computers to justify the analytics. Right. That was when coaches had a feel for the game. It was more of a mind game then. You didn't worry about a computer calling the plays for you nowadays. It hasn't happened to the Eagles yet, but I've seen it happen to other coaches, both at the college level and the pro level. You hesitate so much in terms of making a decision, you have to waste your time out. You're indecisive sometimes. You know, luckily the stuff is paying off for the Eagles right now, but, you know, that's why I say I hate analytics. You know, so many teams <laughs> rely on robotic decisions now more so than the physical feel for the game. But, D-Gun, listen, yeah. it, it's, not like, it's not like these coaches – they don't have it's not like they don't have that pit in their stomach mike where in a situation they know better there's something inside listen when you play the game and you coach the game long enough situationally you know on the inside what you should do and the decision you should make but when you got that guy in your ear and the owner's paying that guy millions of yes, dollars yes. and you make a decision that goes against that and it works against you the realization of what you're going to face come Tuesday looms large in your decision making, and I think that's a fault. Uh, every every team has the analytics master up there. Now that, let's look at the Eagles converted a couple of really key fourth downs. Now a lot of that was influenced by the fact that the weather kind of they were afraid to kick it with the weather. I, I get that, but they did convert that. I, what I thought turned the game around: the Jaguars on a fourth and three, Lawrence fumbled a snap. They were up fourteen nothing at the time, and that gave the Eagles life. They came down and scored off of that drop. And if he doesn't fumble that ball, he certainly either is running for the first down or he's got a guy wide open in the flat to convert the first down. I mean, that was a huge play in the game. Yeah, and then they, after they gave it up on third and ten, that prompted the Eagles to come right down the field and score again with Sanders to tie the game. And then he fumbles another snap. Reddick with his, with the strips I get two of them today, led to another touchdown. All of a sudden you look up, it's 20-14. to 14 completely flipped. The Jaguars did not look like a confident team after that. Well, when you look at the two strip sacks that Reddick have, let's give credit where credit is due. The guys on the back end holding up in that situation because Trevor Lawrence held the ball longer than he wanted to. Those were both timing situations. He had nobody open, and that one fraction of a second was the difference from him either completing it, throwing it out of bounds, or luckily for the Eagles, them stripping the ball, getting the ball in their favor on a short field, which led to them getting a couple of scores. So kudos to the guys in the back end as well for being able to hold up their end of the bargain today. And, Mike, can, can, yes, sir. and can I put this to, bet, to rest before you ask me this question okay. later on? Here we go. And before everybody I'm, I'm a, on social media asks the question, uh, is the Eagles' defense that good, or is, it, or is Trevor Lawrence just that bad? Come on, man. I'm going to tell everybody the same way I told you last week. You play who you play, and I'm not going to absolve the great player, this defense, I'm not going to take it away from them with the with the response, is it all, oh, it's, it's Kirk Cousins, and he stinks. Oh, it's Carson Wentz, you know, and he's fried. Oh, it's Trevor Lawrence, and he's a young quarterback. Listen, it's the pressure that this defense applied to these quarterbacks, okay, that caused them to make the mistakes that they made, and the Eagles capitalized on it, and that's why they're 4-0 right now. I'm not going to take it away from right, them. right. 
by, by saying that these quarterbacks and these teams that they're playing are that bad. No, they're forcing the issue. I'm totally with you there. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good quarterback. I think he got a little nervous today under these conditions. I don't know how many, how many conditions were like that ever that he played down at Clemson, right? But, uh, yeah, listen, they are what they are. They're 4-0 right now, and, and there's nobody that can complain about that. I have one complaint, however. There was one thing that stuck out to me, and uh, it was A.J. Brown and a lack of effort to tackle the interceptor after that play. I mean, he was right there to line him up, and, and he just did not want to engage. That bugged me a little bit, Seth. Had to bug you. It did, and I'm pretty sure, you know, he's not looking forward to rolling into the to the film room tomorrow and having to watch that on film with his teammates, with his offensive teammates, sitting there watching that lack of, of effort. And he'll probably apologize to the guys because you know what as a leader on the team when you don't live up to that standard you know that Jalen Hurts is always talking about and that standard right. that Brandon Graham is talking about right. and that standard that Jason Kelsey is talking about and you're supposed to be one of the leaders you gotta you gotta own that you gotta own that because that could have been the difference between them winning and losing this football game today that yeah, was blatantly obvious. We, we, we looked at it. Well, he I mean, made that. a business decision. He made a decision because, look, it's early in the game. You know, I'm already soaking wet. I'm not, no, I'm not putting on, myself out there right now. I, I, I can't there. have that. Two things I want to look at. You know, the Jags came in leading the NFL in turnover margin. They were plus seven coming into this game. Well, the Eagles really flipped it on them there. And, and also, Seth, I got to say, Trevor Lawrence coming into this game, had gotten the ball out of his hands quicker than any quarterback in the NFL. 2.39 seconds, they utilized the short passing right. game. What did the Eagles do to take that away? Well, I, I can't say that they got up and they really challenged him. I think he was just confused where he wanted to go with the ball. Listen, Zay Jones is out, so that messes up some of the continuity, you know, at the wide receiver position. And then, you know, we're in a situation where our starting slot corner and after the first series, our best cornerback is out of the game. You would think that they would be in a prime position to be able to do what they've been doing all along. Um, I just think that Trevor Lawrence had one of those days today where he wasn't seeing the field as clearly as he has been seeing it. And I think the pressure or the, or the, 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 the anticipation of the pressure based upon what he watched last week when they bagged Carson Wentz nine times, that's got to have a psychological effect on you when you watch that. So maybe if I'm Doug Peterson, I don't even show him that film. I show him the previous three. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, I'm still going to give the, the, the secondary a lot of credit for Trevor Lawrence not being oh, yes. Trevor Lawrence today. Yes. I mean, I'm being you know. facetious. No, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> but, you know, when you consider how many times he stood back there and double-tapped that ball, it's because he couldn't find anybody downfield. Even when Darius Slay went out, whoever came in, Josiah Scott, whoever came in, held up there into the bargain in an in, unenviable un, situations like that. You're right. Jacksonville not having Zay Jones was huge in terms of not being as fluid as they wanted to be with their offensive concepts in the passing game. But the bottom line is they had some players out there that could take advantage of situations. Christian Kirk, you know, we all laughed at them signing a Christian Kirk before this season for the kind of money they signed him to. He's turned out to be a really good ball player for him. Evan Ingram, his biggest problem when he was with the Giants was he couldn't stay healthy. He's turned out to be a reliable reliable receiver for him. They bring in a Brandon Scherf. You know, they have a pretty good team. They just have to learn how to get over the hump in big games like this. Well, on that note with the secondary, too, Maddox was out. And, and then Slay goes out. So you're talking yes. about Epson, Josiah Scott yes. having, having filled the bill. Now, 
Scott had his moments of, uh, uh, you know, inglorious moments, but for the most part, they, you're right. They, they did survive it. Well, when you talk about a kid like Scott, he hasn't had much playing time. So, you know, he's out there, his head swimming, his heart's in his throat. You know, he's got a lot of stuff going through his mind. But luckily, he has an umbrella of players around him that can help him disguise whatever deficiencies he had on the football field. And the way they were controlling that line of scrimmage, especially in the, uh, from the second quarter on, it made his job a lot much easier. And once the Eagles bounced back, took the lead, they could play a little bit more looser brand of football. All right, much more to come on the uh, Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show. We're going to hear from Lane Johnson uh, coming up. And also Devin Caney and the Diamond Debate. We'll have all that, game balls, all that stuff. Stay right with us. It is the uh, Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show back after this. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Most car dealers want you to order a vehicle and wait and still overpay for it. Not a Jeff D'Ambrosio destination, Downingtown. The number one Ram store in the region says, forget the wait. They're the number one Ram dealer because you pay the price you want to pay. New Rams starting at $199 per month, $10,000 in savings, 0% financing for 72 months. It's Jeff's 40th anniversary sale, the biggest sale in their history, with the biggest savings ever. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, GoJeffAuto.com. Anniversary pricing this month only. 
And welcome back to the Pilot Hockey Eagles postgame show. You're watching us on 6abc.com, Jacob Sports YouTube. Uh, a miserable day in Philadelphia as Hurricane Ian streaks down the eastern seaboard. And how apropos, this segment is brought to you by Dry Tech Waterproofing. If your basement is flooded with cause all this rain, call Dry Tech. Uh, our special guest is calling from the locker room where I hope the locker room's not flooded. Uh, great offensive tackle, the right tackle for the Eagles. Lane Johnson joins us. Lane, are we, are we dry there? Nah, I'm still uh, still got soggy socks and shoes. It was a uh, yeah, just some rough weather out there today. <laughs> Lane, this was a Jacksonville defense that was giving up just 55 yards a game rushing uh, coming into this game. You guys, obviously out of necessity because of the inclement conditions, you ran the ball 50 times for 210 yards. What what were you initially thinking as you as you devised an offensive game plan? What was the uh, strategic part of your running attack that you wanted to hit against this Jacksonville defense? Uh, with their four down, we had a, a certain style of plays that we wanted to run, a lot of inside zone. And if, you know, they moved to a more, you know, three, four, and then try to hit them with some outside zone. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like we got on the row and, and stayed consistent with it. And, uh, you know, some guys stepped up today. You know, Jordan Malata was out. Jack Driscoll came in. Um, Isaac. Uh, was playing a hell of a game, and, and Sua came in and, and helped, you know, uh, seal the deal. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty by no means. I felt like, you know, the first half we had to battle through some adversity, but I will say I feel like the second half we uh, we, we played a little bit better than what we have been the, the previous three games. So, um, you know, I was, pr I was proud of that. Hey, Lane, you guys – you know, when you guys hit hit the second quarter, man, you just you, you just become electric. I mean, do you realize that you guys have scored 27, I mean, 24, 24, 17, and 20 points in the last four games in the second quarter alone? Um, what is going on with you guys' offense that you can't get going in the first quarter, but you have this explosion in the second quarter, and then you kind of just kind of coast through quarters three and four. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to to, to explain. I feel like uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you know we have been starting faster in, in the in the the first half. Um, you know, first quarter is kind of a dud for us has been. Uh, but I felt like um, you know the second half it wasn't pretty. But whenever plays need to be made and uh, first downs need to be had, um, you know we answered the bell. You know, it wasn't pretty by any means, but, uh, you know, the, we, we knew that they had a good defense coming in. We knew they had two good edge rushers and, and Allen and Walker and, and a good interior uh, line as well as good linebacker. So, um, yeah, man, it was just, uh, you know, wasn't wasn't uh, very good conditions as far as throwing the football. But, uh, you know, I felt like our run game took off whenever it needed to. And Lane, what, what and is it like uh, with these kind of conditions? How, how does that affect – an offensive lineman going against a, a pretty good defensive front. Who has the edge there? Man, it's uh, – I mean, I, I feel like whenever the it's raining outside, I feel like, you know, any lineman said that's a lineman's game. But you know you want to run the ball more, and, and if you can, you know, take control of the game through the ground. I feel like that's what we did. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but um, – you know, I feel like Miles had a heck of a game. I felt like uh, you know Jalen had a heck of a game, and uh, yeah, man, I feel like players stepped up whenever they needed to. Jack Driscoll, Sua, and uh, 
you know, that's why Stout's uh, the best best line of coach in the league, man. He, uh, you know, he treats everybody as if they're starters. So, you know, when, when games happen, you can't really control a whole lot. But uh, next guy mentality and, and those guys answer the bell. Is it, is it difficult to dig in to, to, to run block in, in weather like this? Uh, no, I mean, when we go into, you know, slippery situations, we have those, those studded cleats so you get a little bit more traction. Um, so... Yeah, though that that definitely helped, but I thought the field wasn't wasn't too bad. I thought they did a good job today with it. Hey Lane, um, it it looked like Malata could could have come back in the game. He had the shoulder injury. We also see Sayamala go down, and we saw him grab his ankle. Any yeah. update in terms of just how bad um, those injuries might be? Uh, I think they're fi uh, fine, at least from my point of view. You know, I saw him walking around after the game, so. Um, you know, it's better than, than going to get an MRI or, or whatnot. So, um, you know, who knows? I mean, we'll look into it next week. But, uh, you know, hopefully those guys will be back um, for us against the Cardinals. Lane, let, let me ask you about, you know, the run game. Um, because you guys had one heck of a day, you know, running the football today. Do you guys – do you feel like you're a better offense when you guys can establish the run game and then pass off the run? I mean, listen, Miles – he exceeded the, the normal amount of carries that he had today. 27 carries, yeah. 134 yards for two touchdowns, um, a 5.0 5 yard per, per carry average. Um, he normally doesn't carry the ball any more than 15, 16 times a game. Um, I thought yeah. that he would have to carry it a lot more today. But from the perspective of an offensive line, you know, what does it feel like when you just got it going? You know, I mean, it, it, it's such a dominant thing, especially for a defensive player. The thing you don't want is the team running the ball down your throat. You guys ran the ball for 210 yards today. Yeah, when you do that, man, you can really control the, the clock, the time of possession. And, uh, and whenever you're running the ball, you can you can uh, wear them down, you know, physically. It can, it can eliminate the pass rush. And we knew today was going to be, you know, a challenge throwing the football uh, considering the conditions. So, you know, we leaned on the run game whenever we had to uh, and answered the bell. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those games where you know you go out you go out there, the wind's blowing, the, the rain just kept you know progressing. I thought it getting worse. So um, you know, at times whenever we had to run it, you know, we did. But uh, you know, really, a lot of our work in the off season has been you know throwing the ball downfield. I feel like our identity last year was was a lot of you know run and then uh, sell it off the of play action and then. You know, like I said, we worked on all that, a lot of passing game during the during training camp and the off season. So, um, you know, whenever we have to throw the football, we can. But today was was more of a uh, you know lean on your line and, and and the running backs type of day. Lane, last question for me. Um, now the uh, you have to go to Arizona, and a lot of people are looking at the schedule thing. That probably will be the toughest test that they'll face so far. You, you, yeah. it's, it's, you're going to have to prepare for that. You have to go on the road at the West Coast time, all that all that yeah. difference that people say. So what's the mindset this week? And I, I just try to, uh, you know, focus on my guy, you know, whoever I'm blocking. Um, you know, got a, I know got J.J. White next week, uh, you know, future Hall of Fame guy. So you know, any, anytime you got a guy like that, he, he commands attention and respect. And, and uh, you know, with, with their offense, they have a dual-threat quarterback in Kyler Murray. You see what kind of plays he makes. So, um, you know, we know what's at stake. We know they're a good football team, and 
it really, man, uh, in this league, you, you got to hit reset. And, you, and, you, and the game's all about focus and not getting caught up in, in, uh, in, in stupid things that don't matter. So uh, keep our focus tight. Uh, keep working. Hey, Lane, we, we talk about this all the time about the depth and the versatility of this offensive line. And, and you've talked about it, and we've talked about how Stoutland is one of the better offensive line coaches in the game. But what are the little intricacies that you get from a Jeff Stoutland to where no matter who lines up to your right or to your left, you don't have to worry about a significant drop-off in terms of production with this offensive line? Yeah, man, uh, you know, when you have Stoutland there, I mean, meetings are, are, are a hell zone. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, every day we go in there, it's it's boss to the wall. He, uh, you know, usually starts a meeting with with asking people questions, uh, putting them on the spot, um, you know, and calling people out. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, I mean, he's been doing that for the past decade. I mean, it's how he is. Every every day's game day for him. And so, uh, you know, when things don't go good or somebody, you know, is is out of the lineup, he expects the uh, the next player to. Uh, you know, treat every day like like he's a starter. So, um, you know, I feel like that's been, you know, kind of the tale of him ever since he's been in the league. You know, we had a lot of different lineups over the years, and the guys coming in and, and playing well and, and doing good things. So, you know, it's just, it's just the culture that he's presented. Um, you know, Nick and, and Shane and guys on the offensive side of the ball, just uh, you know, the attention to detail, and you know, you can't give those guys uh, you know enough credit for how hard they work. Lane, now, you know, you guys are the only undefeated team left in the National Football League right now. Um, how do you address the young guys who potentially could get complacent in a situation like this? You know, now that you guys are on the road, as the weeks go on and you continue to win, the intensity and the pressure is going to continue to ratchet up, you know, as the only remaining undefeated team. How do you approach that? How do you veterans you know, deal with those young guys in the line and in, in, in the locker room to get them to understand that each week you just got to flush it and move on to the next one. Yeah, the you know the pressure factor is, is something you know that that you create. I know that if you go to work every day and, and get lost in your craft and and empty your energy out and what you're doing, then uh, you know you can you can go into the game with confidence, win, lose, or draw. You know, unless you put your best best foot forward and. To say as it sounds, you know, it's a long season. It's very easy to uh, get lost in the hype and, and media attention and, and distractions. And, uh, you know, I think we have a bunch of leaders on this team that's, um, you know, been a part of great teams, been a part of bad teams. And you realize that you can't get uh, you can't get lost in anything. you got to really erase your memory from the previous week. And it really, uh, to say as it sounds, man, you got to you got to attack, uh, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays are hard practice practice days like uh, like it's like it's a game day. So whenever game day comes, it's it's more of a routine than anything. So that's really how we approach it. Lane, listen, thanks for spending some time with us. We'll uh, check in with you next week at uh, Arizona. Thank you, man. Uh, enjoy the win and uh, get some rest. We'll talk to you. All right, guys. Thank Congrats, you. All right, that's Lane Take Johnson, care, best right yeah. tackle in the league. This segment, of course, brought to you by Dry Tech Waterproofing. If, seriously, if you've got flooding in your basement. 
Dry Tech Waterproofing, if you want to call, uh, they hook me up. How are you doing uh, basement-wise? So far, right? so, so good, far, especially so good. in this tsunami that we're having now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got here at Ocean Casino yesterday. I'm texting my fam. Hey, check the basement. Check the basement. Yeah, so, so far, so good. Yeah, yeah. I know I know he's good because he lives in a you know, like big penthouse suite. Yeah. It, it, you don't have to worry. <laughs> oh, I know. All right? As a matter of fact, well, you know, hey, just, listen. He has, his own, he has his own personal yacht that will take yeah, it from hey, here I to know. his house I in know. Philly. I live where... Tornadoes aren't going to be an issue. Hurricanes aren't going to be no, an issue. No. The only thing we get is a little monsoon rain. That's why I live in Arizona. No, man. you get those. Mate, I was out there for one of them. You get those dust storms. You can see them coming. You get those. <laughs> there ain't nothing wrong with that. You just either pull off the, on the side of the road or you stay in the house until it blows by. I'll take that over anything else. <laughs> Ice, sleet, snow. I'll take it uh, over all that stuff. I'm talking about where you live here, that big, tall penthouse suite oh, you live Lord. in. This is Here's where the helicopter. rain is, not in Arizona. <laughs> come on, man. All oh, right. Man. Uh, we come back. Kevin Caney's going to join us with the Diamond Debate. What is today's Diamond Debate? They're 4 0. They're looking good. They're going to be favored in Arizona. So. We'll see where this is going to go. My, uh, this is uh, Mike Missinelli with uh, Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. Uh, Devin going to join us on the Pama Hockey Eagles postgame show. We're back after this. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything. 
that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Welcome to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. I'm Devin Caney. Guys, joining you for our Diamond Debate. And today, my bling is right here, right on camera. No, I did not get engaged. I know you're all wondering. Um, it is a beautiful ring that has my hair caught in it at the moment. Um, but a sapphire diamond ring. Here beautiful. we go. To match Dougie P's from 2018. Um, I caught on right away because it was on your right hand that you weren't engaged. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Can't, can't throw people off. Uh, now, that is a great item. That's a great-looking item. And, and this would be, like, an amazing gift. I'm just going to do the entire show like this. It, it really is. Now, I happen to be a sapphire man. Are you, are you, are you sapphire man, ruby, no. emerald? What are you? No, uh, well, mate, so uh, it would Di be emerald. emerald. You're, you're emerald? Yeah. Black onyx, man. Black Ooh. onyx? Is that Black your birthstone? Okay, what are you wearing today, though? Is that? Oh, my little brooch, man. Oh, I know. thought that was green for I a gotta, second. Yeah. I got to mix it up on y'all. Throw in any event, that's a really a nice item. I told, so I told check, Devin. Check that out. Sh Devin should walk around like they do British royalty with that ring on like this. Yeah. Right. Just walk around the gallery like this waving at people. <laughs> I feel like it's like I don't know what to do with my hands type situation. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. So today's Diamond Debate topic is uh, are you all in on Jonathan Gannon's defense after four games? Yes or no? Right now, uh, the majority say yes, actually, at almost 75% on Twitter. I need to check the, the YouTube results. But uh, how are you guys feeling about it? I'll let Seth handle that first. I was just going to say, yeah, Seth, I, I, I feel think, like I need to call on you first. Uh, you know, <laughs> last week we were talking about, you know, first team, second team, honorable mention. Right. You know, he's still in the honorable mention bracket for me. Really? Because I just, listen, man. Really? Play, players tough. You don't want to know why, because players play, and it's up to coaches to put players in position. We've yet to see a dominant performance. Even though the Eagles won this game, and even though they won last week, even though they won against in week one, the only decisive win that they've had was against, 
you know, Minnesota. Now, it was a decisive win against Washington because the defense had nine sacks. But Wouldn't my, you call that a dominant performance? It, it was dominant. But my problem is you have an opportunity to dominate the entire game. The Eagles were in a situation today where Trevor Lawrence got comfortable in the second half after being nervous the entire first half and was, all, was in a position to bring this team back and tie the game. It should never come you to that. You seriously think that? Yes. Wait, you, wait, see, but, you, you saw the vulnerability of the Eagles defense that Trevor Lawrence was going to bring that back in the game? Do you remember where, where okay, we fumble, we turn the ball over the next play, he come, uh, um, Hassan Reddick comes in, strips the ball, we get the ball back. They're in a situation where if they don't turn that ball over right there, we still have a game on hand. Don't man, don't act like you know no, that this game was solved away. Come on, man. Let's, let's, go, let's go the other way with this, right? They got a gift touchdown, right? A gift touchdown to make it seven nothing. No, it's not a gift. It, it, well, they created. Gift. They created. They created the turnover because Jalen Hurts had no business. No, but that wasn't. Trying to, that's he, not he, on Gannon. All right, so let's let's see it, what it was might on not Gannon. Be on him, but that's they, part of the game. Here's where I'll fall. Garter Johnson was in a wrong position on that touchdown to make it 14 nothing. But from that point on, they, they really the, the Jaguars really weren't doing anything against his defense. And I know you like to blitz more. The one blitz that he did put out there results in the interception. I understand that. That's the best call I, of the I, day. You, you're 100% correct. Yeah. But the question is, am I all in? <laughs> Until I can see some consistency and how he's going to call the game. Listen, I want, I want our defense to be dominant. Because believe it or not, they're not going to put up 400 yards worth of offense every single week. There's going to come a point in, the, in, in this season, there's going to be a game in this season where we're going to need the defense to be dominant, okay? And the question is, does he have the cojones to call what he needs to call throughout the, the entirety of a game? Not in spots, not three times a game, not against Carson Wentz, who is completely done. I'm talking about against a top-flight quarterback where you have to pressure him in order to have success. He has not proven to me that he is even willing to do that now. So, so, the, so yes, yes, Devin, the jury is still out as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, isn't that part of the maturation of Jonathan Gannon? Because he has much better personnel to play with this year compared to a year ago. Well, that was I think he still leaves. Year. Well. But it wasn't an excuse. It was a valid sure, point. It an excuse. Last it year, was an excuse. Listen, I would have blitzed that team last year. Okay, but why would you blitz? Why would you blitz this year? Well, because because you have better corners, let, let, let better me, linebackers. Let, let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. Uh huh. The times where you blitz today, why would you blitz? Okay, you had your starting slot corner out. You had just your your all pro corner out. Okay, so why would you blitz under those circumstances if if the, the if the if the dynamics aren't any different? It's not the fact that you have players. It's the fact that you're creative enough to get a free runner at the quarterback to force the quarterback into making mistakes, okay? And if you're smart enough and you're creative enough to do that, the personnel behind it doesn't mean anything. Okay, it the, really doesn't. The, every game is a different situation. Some games call for more blitzing. Some call for less, blitz, less blitzing. Now, you brought up the point early in the show that he only blitzed three times a day. I thought they were three extremely strategic type of blitzes. I think he felt that if his front four could just hold a line of scrimmage, let the back end do the work in this particular game. Last week, anybody could see you could blitz Carson Wentz all day 
and he was going to duck and chuck. You know what I didn't enjoy? What? You know, you know what I didn't enjoy today? Are you ever happy seven, for 60 minutes? The, I'm always. I'm <laughs> all, listen, uh, what? I, I'm, it's, it's my job to analyze. I'm well, analyzing, yeah. okay? What yes. I didn't like, you know, was a quarterback who you had on the ropes, yes. and you let him engineer okay. a fourth-quarter drive okay. and put the ball in the end zone. And, and I'm going to use a word that you used earlier. It is a part of the NFL analytics that we see across the board in the NFL. How many teams get leads in the fourth quarter and allow teams to come back in games because they go to that doggone prevent defense and let teams get back in there? I hate that style of football, but that is epidemic across the league. How many aggressive defensive coordinators with great defensive players do not? They keep the pedal to the metal. The very few. Uh, okay, so let's so become one. I'm because, because in this city, we've grown accustomed to, to defensive coordinators who think aggressively, who call aggressively, and therefore put their their players in position to play aggressively and make and make plays. Listen, the Eagles were one of the worst teams in the NFL in turnovers and sacks last year. They're in the upper echelon this year. Why? Because they're getting pressure, they're blitzing more, and they're forcing turnovers and they're forcing bad plays. If I'm smart enough to look at that and see that, and I don't even play the game, all I do is get paid to analyze the game. You mean to tell me that the guy who eats, sleeps, and drinks it every single and gets paid millions of dollars every single year to do it, he can't understand that? We Come have, on, man. We have what am I had, missing here? We have not had a defensive coordinator that falls under the umbrella of what you just described since the days of Jim Johnson. We haven't had one come close you to see, it. Here's Listen, the thing. Mike, go ahead. Here's the thing, Dave. If you watch a game with Seth Joyner, I'm pretty sure like the first word that ever came out of his mouth as a toddler was blitz. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> he, he never satisfied with a lack of pressure ever as he's watching the football. Yeah, blitz more. Yeah, more pressure. So you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing with you that Trevor Lawrence could have been more susceptible to blitzes. But the, the other side of that coin is, they, they've been pretty good with with get, getting pressure with four guys this year. Oh, okay, but but I'm I'm answering the question. Okay, <laughs> are you all in on Jonathan? Okay, wait, wait. Gannon? Let me ask you a more specific question. Are you happy with Jonathan Gannon's defensive plan, scheme, play calling today? I'm Basically. happy. I'm happy that the Eagles are four and zero. Okay. I want to see us have a dominant defense. Yes There's, or no? Yes or no? Are you happy with Jonathan Gannon today? Well. Not totally. <laughs> Not totally. Not totally. What would you change if you could fix anything? Listen, I, I, I want to. I, I, I believe that. I, listen, I believe that the, the game of football, Devin, is more psychological than it is physical. Okay. okay? You know, when I played against guys, I chirped a lot because if I could, if I was physically, right. if I was physically and 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 mentally superior to you, right then I know that I could get in your head. And if I could get in your head, then my job was half done, okay? When you're playing against an opponent, okay, at this level, everyone's got talent. Everyone's got ability. What's the difference? The difference is your mental approach, your aggressive, your intellect of the game, and how you play the game, okay? So if I'm playing aggressively and I can steal your confidence, if I can steal your soul, then that's what I want to do. That's what this game is about. And you can't look at it any other way. Oh, we're just happy to win. I, I'm telling you right I, now, the game is more about how you win as it projects into the future than if you win. If this game, if this team goes 13-3 and three, but doesn't play 
the style of defense consistently that you want. Would you not be happy that they're 13-3 and three and the number one seed in the NFC? I'd be happy. I'd be pleased as punch for them to be the number one seed and have home field advantage. But I would tell you this. When they get up, when they got to play against Tampa Bay, the L.A. Rams, or the Green Bay Packers, if they come out with this nonsense that they do, those quarterbacks will make them they, – they'll be going home. They'll All be right. fishing. That's that's, like they that, say that's in far, the basketball that's world. way <laughs> far way down the road. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Reel them in, Mike. Listen, huh. it's week four, y'all. Make sure you remember right. that I said this um, in said, week uh, four. Okay, well, like every, every, every week, though, every week at this point we're saying, well, they haven't played a, a good team He's yet. saying now, that. Like, He's I thought the Vikings were a good team. I thought the Jags were a good team. Heard me say that. I've always said, okay, you play who's on the schedule. There's 1,696 players on the in the NFL, okay? If you're on a roster, that means you can play. Whether you got good coaches, whether you play for a good organization or not, that's yet to be debated. Well, but you play who you play, and I don't care. That's exactly that, why I said I'm not going to take away from this defense what they've accomplished the last three weeks because guess what? I'm not going to say they played against bad quarterbacks and bad teams. I'm going to say they forced those bad quarterbacks and those bad teams to play the way they play. Devin, I'm going to yes. give you a simple answer to your question. Okay, go for I'm it. happy with the way the team played today. This was a Jacksonville offense that had only committed one turnover in his first three games. On a sloppy, inclement track, the Eagles generated five turnovers in this game today yeah. defensively. They generated five turnovers. They put their offense short fields. As Mike said earlier in the show, from those turnovers, they generated what, Mike? 30, 30 points. 30 points off those turnovers. In today's brand of football, I'm happy with their performance today. But I will say this. I'm not 100% on Jonathan Gannon's bandwagon yet. So why are you? <laughs> no, no. I, I actually totally agree with you. I'm about to, totally I'm about to put this mic down and walk off the set. <laughs> You're going to say that out It's about consistency. I'm 65% on his bandwagon, but not 100%. just fed right into him. Here it is. Seth Joyner at a steakhouse. Waiter comes around. Mr. Joyner, would you like some sour cream on your baked potato? Whoops. Whoops. Wait, we got a blitz. I don't eat sour cream. Oh, my goodness. That was. Uh, Deep gone. Uh, how do you I, feel about that impression? I hate sour it. cream, by the way. I hate sour I hate, cream. Listen. Yeah, as if Seth Joyner eats sour cream. Come on. I don't eat sour cream. Or potatoes. When I know he's saying no sour cream, but he's also saying, move him. What? Just bring me a baked potato with. Double the extra butter and cheese. It's not, That's it. I don't want cheese. I just want salt. It's not salt about pepper. the baked potato. Yeah, butter, is. salt, pepper. That's not pepper. the That's joke. That's not no, the punchline. It's not blitz. See, everybody, see, Mike, you and everybody else thinks that I'm just blitz happy. You know, you know what I am? I am pressure. Oh, man. I am pressure adverse. Because I'm pressure adverse oh. because I understand what pressure means in the game of football. And when you apply pressure. That's where you really pressure makes diamonds. Yeah, okay? pressure makes it, diamonds. It either, Diamond it, it either makes diamonds yeah. or it cracks coal. Okay? And I want to see every single week, is this quarterback made of diamonds or is he made of crack coal? And if he's made of crack coal, I'm just gonna keep on bringing the pressure. Well, I will say, I know watching the game with you, you point out when a quarterback, it's easy to get in their head, right? So we saw that in Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz. You know, you get in their head, you always say they're gonna pass the ball to you. Trevor Lawrence did not, does not seem like the type of quarterback, and like I don't think the Eagles defense got in his head necessarily. I think it was a sloppy game just because of the weather and everything. 
And the fact that they were able to get five takeaways throughout this game, despite that, despite Trevor Lawrence being a good quarterback, in my opinion, is an improvement. So I, I think I'm in on Jonathan Gannon's defense for this game. <laughs> well, I, I will say this, okay? There's a difference between, you know, the, the, the turnovers, okay? You get a, a strip sack, okay? That's not a mistake that the quarterback made. The quarterback couldn't see the guy coming in the strip. He fumbles the ball. The ball is wet, okay? The, the, the one turnover that the Eagles got that was a result of pressure was the interception by, by Bradbury because he made a bad decision. And that's why I said that was the best defensive call by Jonathan Gannon of the day. Okay. It was, a, it was the perfect call at the perfect time. Jacksonville had momentum going down the field, potentially could have put six on the board. He dialed up a blitz. Whatever he saw at that particular point, he picked that particular time to dial up that blitz, forced Trevor Lawrence to make a decision quicker than he wanted to, the end result, Eagles take the momentum He back. had to call that blitz. He had played passive all the way down the field, and they were on the verge of scoring a touchdown. So now all of a sudden he had to call something to flip the script. If you knew that, if you knew all along that that was the case, why not save field position and start calling those blitzes on the other side of the 50? Because that's not what we see from Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> okay, so now, you understand. You so now you understand. all you want. So now you understand why I'm not all in. Yeah. Well, Devin, you can I take. I was all in. It's said 65%. You can take us out. The other, the other side of the coin it also is that if you blitz a really good quarterback he knows what he's doing you get burned it's true that is no doubt about it that's that's, from philly too i love blitz with blitz i love aggressive defenses jim jonathan whole bit but sometimes that good quarterback's going to burn you when i look at how to play when i look at good offense defense coordinators that know what the heck they're doing they very rarely get they very rarely get caught you want to know why because they are creative in what they do okay they show early that we're coming from this side and they force protection to protect here. And then guess what they do? They drop everybody out over here and they come from the other side. I have, you know, this is, this year is the first year that I've actually seen Jonathan Gannon have a little bit of creativity. He couldn't create that last year. It was either five man, Alex Singleton lining up on the line of scrimmage. Every time I seen them line up on the line of scrimmage last year, I'm like, oh, they're in the blitz. If I could see it, you mean to tell me that the quarterback wasn't seeing it to your point, Mike? All right. Well, I think consensus is pressure makes diamonds. That is our diamond debate. If you guys want to weigh in, go vote on Twitter or the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Stick around. On the other side of uh, this break, we have the D'Ambrosia drive of the game. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most 
sure our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hockey post game show. It is time for our Jeff D'Ambrosio drive of the game. Go JeffAuto.com. Uh, Seth, I know you're just itching to give us your drive of this game. Well, you know, we, I, I've been talking about it. It's been a point of contention. Again, you know, the Eagles didn't get started offensively today until they got into the second quarter. Um, the first scoring drive was seven plays, 57 yards. It ended with Jalen Hurts scrambling, um, you know, for a touchdown. That started the ball to rolling, and I think that that's where the offense really kicked in because they came back with nine play, a nine-play drive for 71 yards and a Sanders touchdown. That followed with an eight-play drive, 35 yards, um, and, and uh, Kenneth Gainwell 
um, touchdown. But it all started with that first one of the second quarter. For me, the drive of the game is the drive where they took the lead, uh, aided by uh, Trevor Lawrence fumbling the snap, gave him a short field, and they put it in to complete a 20-point second quarter. We still can't figure this thing out, why the second quarter has been when the light switch goes on for this team. But I think that gave them a momentum they need, even though they missed the extra point. They were in the driver's seat at that point, went to the locker room with the six-point lead. I'm going to call that one, for me, as the drive of the game. This is interesting because we each had different drives of the game. I know. I was going to say this is a very peaceful drive I'm going to take the one that tied the score at 14 because this is the drive that I thought they really start going straight ahead running the football. And uh, nine plays, eight of those were rushes. You had Sanders, eight, 13, five, four. Trey Sermon gets in there for 14. They got the ball closed after a Hurts rush. And then Sanders takes it in from 10. Uh, the one pass play was the screen to, to Goddard. So I thought that they had gotten their identity right there. They had one third down on that whole drive. They got their identity just crushing them, running the football straight ahead. And we were all talking about it. Don't go laterally. Let's go straight ahead. That was the drive I thought they started going straight ahead. Okay. You, you, you bring up a good point because – they really weren't running the ball with any kind of efficiency up until that point. They kept trying to go across the formation with pullers and whatnot, you know, and we were talking about it during the game. I'm like, you have to, when you're playing against a fast defense or you're playing against a big defense, your runs have to be straight ahead and they've got to hit the hole right now while your offensive linemen are engaged because anything that's across the formation or takes time to develop, now those guys can get off the ball, they can get off the block and run to the football. But they really became dominant, you know, Mike, to your point, in that second drive where they just started just running the ball right at the number one rush defense in the, in the National Football League today. There are a few quirky uh, series of events in this game. The one that co first comes to mind for me is the Jake Elliott three points called back because of roughing the kicker. Eagles go for it, don't get it. He kicks again. That had me nervous. That had me wanting them to change that rule. I think you should get to keep the three points anyways and then also get the first down. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come on. I, I mean, who I says guess no? You want to give Jake Elliott a participation trophy too while you're at it? What? I don't know if it's a participation <laughs> First of all, I want to give him a trophy for how about, the performance. No, what, what, how, about, how about the toughness that the kicker shows? Got wrenched. The leg got wrenched. His kicking leg goes. He shakes it right Mike, off. Seth, stop it. Come on, man. Kick stop it. it. Just give the kicker it. some love. Kicker's tough. He was limping. Some love. You want to know why he was limping? Because he was trying to draw the penalty and get the sympathy of. It's just like when the quarterbacks get hit now. The quarterbacks get hit, and they're laying on the ground like this with one eye yeah. open. And, like, I'm, I'm hurt, ref. You going to throw the flag? Come on, man. He was still limping when he went to go kick off later in the game. He, he, he was. That you man gotta, was hurt. Hey, he gotta, drilled he that field goal that he kicked yes. out. He didn't <laughs> that, score the touchdown. That man yet. was hurt. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea, though. That's almost Thank like you. hockey. You know in hockey when they call the late penalty? And, and then as soon as the other team, they bring an extra attacker on. As soon as the other team touches up, they call it. Yeah. Like you, if you score a goal when you bring in an extra attacker, you should get the power play yeah. also. Or it's even the same like thing. make it like in basketball where you can get one extra point. So maybe you get like a three-point field goal, keep the points, and then you can kick again or Ladies go for it. Ladies and gents, the game is soft enough. You guys need to stop this nonsense. Okay, the game but, is but soft I say enough. that. I think, I, I think my opinion come on, on that. Come on, Seth. My opinion on that speaks to how messy and sloppy this game was mainly because of the elements, because of the weather, because I didn't trust Jalen Hurts in that offense. Not saying they played poorly all around, but I didn't trust them to punch in the ball in four downs. Like I just, and they didn't. So. Well, listen, I'll, I'll say this. You know, when they went for it on, on fourth down early, 
instead of you know kicking the, the, the taking the three points, we all talked about it because I would have taken the three points, but it worked out. Now they take the three points off the board and they wind up having to put them back on again. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, everybody's just so aggressive. If you're going to get 15 yards and an automatic first down, you know, yeah, you want to you want to take advantage of that opportunity to put seven on the board instead of three. I thought, I thought he showed some toughness. Now, D, yeah. uh, you remember uh, way back in the day since we Wait, talked about Why would I remember way back well, in the day? Well, because, you, you know, we're, we're all way back in the day. <laughs> but in two, 2004, we're talking right. about that team, the last that team that was 4-0. Yeah, you remember the game? No, it wasn't 2004. It was probably later. When David Akers had the bad hamstring, Absolutely. he kicked the field goal, and they rested his weary head in Donovan's bosom. Do you remember that? I remember. Like, like I he, would not have worded like, it like as he, such, well, but yes, he, I remember He did. That. He was like, hey, we've seen him with, <laughs> resting his weary head. You remember <laughs> no, no, no. that? And, and so J, Jake Elliott, I think, showed, showed some wanna, toughness. You, you want oh, no toughness? Paul McFadden. Used to kick with no sock, uh -huh. and no shoe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know how many times he got hit on that foot, you know, and there was a penalty, and he had to step right back in and kick it again. Yeah. Now that's tough. Paul McFadden. Well, we going back to the square toes. Yeah, I remember. Like, no, <laughs> no, that, that that would be. No, I know. He kicked Tom Dempsey. He man. kicked soccer style. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, oh so you guys are not in favor of performing that rule. Noted. No. Noted. No. They no. listen. They no. they've already. They've already altered enough rules in the game of football to help the offense score points. You don't need to give them no, nothing else. Nothing else. Well, I do know uh, special teams was kind of the one area of major concern, uh, aside from defense, apparently, for you uh, going into this game. Uh, how do you guys feel about special teams? Do we think that they improved? Were there any uh, areas? I love Britton Covey's decision-making. Mm. Okay? You love him now. I, I thought what you didn't I, like No, him. I liked it. I ne it's never been – I never had a problem with him. I had a problem with the guys that are supposed to be blocking for him that don't ever block any damn body. He made a good decision today, and I loved his decision-making. He, he said, okay, if if I'm supposed to run the ball over here because this is where my blockers are, I'm going to run over here. And he had positive yards all day long. Well, yeah, especially in a kickoff return game. I mean, he just basically got straight upfield. There was no hesitation on him. I still think there was one time he got hit and it was like inside the 25. He still stands too upright for me when he carries the ball. <laughs> he does. But a couple of times on kickoff returns, he dipped it to the outside, you know, and got the necessary yards. So, yes, I was pleased. Considering how much we have critiqued his overall performance when it comes to returning, yes, I was pleasantly pleased with his return game today. Well, he, had, he had new energy. They added him to the roster. After, like, he was a practice squad guy. He could only keep you, you right, right. active for three weeks. They added him to the roster today because a lot of social media, I saw a lot of social media reaction this week that the Eagles should use the hurdler. Uh, I said that, too. Uh, to, 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 I've been to saying return. that since uh, preseason. Look, he's one of the fastest guys in the world. Why would you not want him returning funds? Because, because he's a linear runner. Yeah. And I don't only trust that, him yet. What's, what's his ball security like in yes, practice? We Obviously, don't know that. We don't know that. You know, I mean, well, he did play football. I mean, he was a football player well, six years ago. We saw him tackle someone. We saw him tackle someone in the preseason. All right. I don't think he forgot how to carry a football. Uh, I don't know. I, when I think about him, and I'm not saying he doesn't have NFL capabilities, but when I think about him, I think about a guy named Ronaldo Nehemiah back in the day. They tried to make a wide he, receiver. He, he didn't play football. Huh? He didn't play football. He tried. He tried to with the 49ers. Briefly. No, but in college he didn't. I uh, know. The hurdler was a bona fide letter winner. Okay, well, then there's a reason he's not on the field now. Uh, they don't trust him yet. 
You, what, what, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Why would you want them out I'm there? I'm just now? saying there was a lot All of social right. media activity. We are going to pause this debate uh, and take a break. No, Stick no, around. No, this was the Jeff D'Ambrosio <laughs> Auto Group drive of the game. Go JeffAuto.com. Stick around. The Pond the Hockey Coast Game Show is back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Bondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Most car dealers want you to order a vehicle and wait and still overpay for it. Not a Jeff D'Ambrosio destination Downingtown. The number one Ram store in the region says forget the wait. They're the number one Ram dealer because you pay the price you want to pay. New Rams starting at $199 per month. $10,000 in savings. 0% financing for 72 months. It's Jeff's 40th anniversary sale. The biggest sale in their history with the biggest savings ever. Jeff D'Ambrosio destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Anniversary pricing this month only. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. 
Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Fire. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey Eagles postgame show. Mike Missanelli, this is Derek Gunn with Seth Joyner. Eagles win it today 29 4-0, first time since 2004. This is a segment we call the two-minute drill. Rapid fire questions are going to fire at these guys. They're going to come back with, the, with their own answers, and it should be interesting because a lot of these questions are offbeat questions. So let's start with the conventional questions to the guys. Where do you rank the uh, Eagles right now in the NFL? Power rankings. Power rankings, I have to put them at number one right now. They're the only undefeated team in the National Football League. They have found four different ways to win games. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had six undefeated teams. We're down to the Philadelphia Eagles. They keep finding a way to win games. Seth? I put them at three because I still don't believe they're as good as the Buffalo Bills or the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they're the best. I would say you rank them one. If you're talking about the conference and the National Football Conference, they're the number one team in the NFC. But I just don't – I'm not sold yet that they could beat right now the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. I will agree 100% with you. I've also uh, – I have them three. Doug Peterson's return to Lincoln Financial Field today. Um, is he appreciated enough in this city? And the piggyback question is, how do you feel about the statue of Doug and Nick Foles at the stadium? Um I think he's appreciated. I think he, we all saw at the beginning of the game, he got a standing ovation, tipped his cat, the whole thing. You know, hell, when I came back, they didn't give me a standing ovation. But then again, I didn't win a Super Bowl for him either. Um, as far as, what's, what was the second question? second question was the statue. Oh, the statue. How do you feel about um, the statue being there still? You know, listen, I, 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 don't, I don't think the statue's going anywhere. I think the statue is more of a thorn in the side of Carson Wentz than it was, uh -huh. you know, for anybody else. And listen, the team hadn't won a Super Bowl in the modern Super Bowl era 57 years since they had won a championship. Um, that is a that statue signifies that win. So I'm okay with it. The statue was commissioned by an independent company, not mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles organization. So the fact that those two, Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, came up with one of the most iconic plays in the history of this franchise. I'm fine with that statue right where it is. All right. Doug, overall, how do you feel about Doug Peterson? Uh, Doug Peterson is a very good football coach. Obviously, he proved that when he was here in Philadelphia. He's got this team down in Jacksonville on the right track when they were considered a mess after what Urban Meyer put them through just a year ago. Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to improve. You saw what he did with a young Carson Wentz. He's got to rebuild Trevor Lawrence and rebuild that team. I think Doug Peterson is on a good track with that team All down right, there. So four and twelve, and Nate Sudfeld is kind of just uh, evaporated in your mind. Evaporated. When you think about Jacksonville, last two years prior to this year, run a, won a grand total of four games. They're already halfway there through four games this season. Yes, Doug Peterson was the right man for the job in Jacksonville. All right, let's, let's go with this one now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, since you brought him up. Is Trevor Lawrence a budding star in this league or uh, just an average quarterback? 
I think he'll be a budding star. I mean, I, I believe that there's a natural process to most players. I mean, we look at guys like Patrick Mahomes, um, and, and, and we think that, and, and Justin Herbert, and we think that these guys are supposed to come in a year or two, just all of a sudden, you know, light it up. The truth of the matter is they are anomalies when you really look at, you know, footballs and players in the National Football League. I think most players normally take three years to develop if they don't have their development arrested by lack of play or injuries. By the time they get to their third year, that's their takeoff point. If they haven't arrived by the third year, there's a very good chance that they're not going to get there if they're not trending that way by the third year. And I think in year two, Trevor Lawrence is trending that way. I'm going to say Urban Meyer almost destroyed that young man and almost destroyed that team just a year ago. Doug Peterson has been a breath of fresh air. You have Doug Peterson, Press Taylor as your offensive coordinator. Yes, the same Press Taylor who a lot of people didn't like here in Philadelphia. He's gone down there and he's done wonders with them as well as Mike McCoy as a quarterback coach. I think Peterson, Taylor, McCoy circling Trevor Lawrence and getting his confidence back to where he was when he was with Clemson, I think he's a budding star in this league I, once they keep putting yeah. the pieces around I him. I totally agree with you. And the yeah. one play that impressed me today was when he ran out and he tucked it and, and he and – he, Kept the head low, and he was willing to absorb a hit that showed me uh, some, some toughness in the kid. All right, two last questions. What did you think of the Andy Reid State Farm commercial today? The Andy Reid State Andy Reid, you weren't paying attention? He's on the airplane? He, he drew a, an Andy Reid mustache on a star player? I must have missed it, man. But <laughs> I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, though. Hey, listen, any, any attention or publicity Andy Reid gets – it's a good thing, You're man. Okay? He's been a great. He's been a great head me? coach. He's been a great head coach for a long time. Man. The Andy Reid we know today has blossomed into a he's more a personality, personality yep. type coach. Yes, I loved it. Yes, I loved know, it. That, he would never do that when he was in uh, Philadelphia. No, no, no question about yeah. it. All right, last question. This is teed up for Seth Joyner. What did you think of Jay Feely, a kicker, oh, Lord. as the game <laughs> analyst? <laughs> you know what, Mike? I ain't gonna let you ruffle my feathers today, man. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to say this. I'm trying to understand when I watch oh, Jay Feely, who's done nothing but kick a ball, you know, where's the qualifications of being a, an analyst really come in? I mean, what does he know about offenses and defenses that you would put him in the, in the booth to actually call a game? Now, that's not my call. That's just proof that, you know what, if you know the right people, you can you can get to where you want to get to. Hey, hey listen, I, I'm with you. He's probably going to let him off the hook. Go ahead, D. Jay Field is coming. You know what? Come on. If you can get work, get it while you can, when you can, because as we know in this industry, nothing lasts forever. Yeah, That's, I know I'll that. I'll leave it at that. I can tell you that firsthand, so, so can you. So, all right, let's, let's take a break. We're going to come back. John McMullen is live at the stadium. He's coming up. This is the Pile of Hockey Eagles postgame show live at Ocean Casino. We're back after this. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey. Official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One you got free me? rocks you glass got me? per customer no? with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Eagles postgame show upon the hockey and right for you here from the Ocean Casino. You're watching us on 6ABC.com. Also, Jacob uh, Sports YouTube. The man covering the game for Jacob Media today down at the uh, 
at the ballpark. John McMullen joining us. Hello, John. Good. So, uh, 4-0, first time since 2004. Got a little hairy at the end, but they did what they needed to do today, which was run the football, and, and that seemed to be the game plan that they caught on to maybe a, a little late uh, in, uh, in the second period. Uh, what is this second period thing going on? <laughs> what did you see today? Yeah, I mean, 14 nothing. Uh, that was sort of the theme after the game, the perseverance. Anytime you get down 14 nothing, look, and I, I think these conditions uh, played into it. But as, as you mentioned, you know, I was talking to Seth in, in the pregame show, and the, the mentality is to, to give Miles 15 to 18 touches, somewhere of that, in a regular game. But I mentioned Nick Sirianni will do what he has to do to win a football game. And I think you saw that kind of manifest itself again. Um, whether it was Miles having a career high in carries and yards, Jalen Hurts carrying the football when he needed to, um, the environment demanded it, and the Eagles did it. Maybe they started a little bit slower. But I, uh, Jason Kelsey and, and Isaac Sayamalo specifically were so dominant on that one second quarter drive when, you know, Jacksonville came into this game as the number one ranked defense against the run in the NFL. Granted, small sample size, but 55 yards a game. The Eagles passed that, I think, with six minutes and nine seconds left in the second quarter. And bang, they were over 200 again against supposedly the best run defense in the NFL. When that, when that offensive line gets going, the Eagles are tough to deal with. Hey, John, what was the consensus from the locker room uh, from players in terms of just navigating on a sloppy field and howling winds? Yeah, it's always difficult. I, I think the wind part of it, D-Gun, is bigger than the rain part of it. Although then you had, you know, you had this driving rain that was sort of going sideways. So you have a, a, a double whammy, so to speak. But a lot of quarterbacks think it's easier to throw the football when it's just rain uh, because defensive backs are the ones who don't know, you know, obviously where the routes are going. When the wind comes into it, it's just really difficult to throw the football. It's really difficult with ball security. You saw it with Trevor Lawrence. The other part of the uh, uh, Jags coming in, plus seven in the turnover ratio leading the NFL, and all of a sudden, the quarterback turns it over five times. That, you know, the Eagles deserve credit, Hassan Reddick, for a couple strip sacks. But a lot of that, the first two were unforced errors. A lot of that had to do with the weather and, and the environment, and the Jags didn't handle it well. John, how impressed are you with this offensive staff's ability, you know, to, in the moment, switch and change courses? Um it was obvious, you know, they had one plan running the football today, but it seems like, you know, those cross-the-formation runs, they were just absolutely getting stuck. And as you watched in the second quarter, um, to Mike's point, you know, in our, in our last segment, you know, that second touchdown drive, they started running the ball right at this defense. You know, yeah. I mean, they yeah. weren't trying to, you know, wait for pullers or anything. You know, and, and I've been saying in our conversation, when you're playing against a defense that's this fast, and you're playing against a defense that's this athletic, what you have to do is the running back has to hit the ball, hit the hole, 
as the offensive linemen are engaged with the defensive tackles because now they're on them right now. If you give them time to shed the blockers and get off, they're just too fast for that. And the Eagles, after a quarter and almost a, a third of a quarter, just bang their, kept banging their heads against the wall, and then all of a sudden they started just running right at this team. Yeah, I mean, I think the demarcation line was it was 14 nothing, and I think that the Jags had a fourth and three from the Eagles' 34. Now, you think about that. Doug Peterson tried to bury the Eagles right there. He right. was going for it. And that's the play where Trevor Lawrence just dropped the football. He dropped the football. Uh, I think he lost 14 yards. Uh, the Eagles uh, were able to, to gather up the fumble. They had the short field. They went and scored. All of a sudden, that changed the game. And the drive you're talking about was when they tied it 14-14. Eight out of nine plays on that drive were runs. And they went right at the, at, at the, the heart of the defense, as you mentioned. And that's where Kelsey and Sayamala were just, it was that classic Jeff Stoutman double team uh, uh, surface block and just dominating. And they went right down the field running the football. And I think that drive, even though it just made it 14-14, I think that drive kind of stole the will of Jacksonville. And they kind of said, ooh, uh, this is going to be tough. And, you know, the Eagles ended up scoring 29 straight points uh, before Jacksonville got back on the board. It was quite the turnaround. It's rare when you see one play completely turn around the football game. I think that's exactly what happened on that Trevor Lawrence. And I call it, I don't want to go all tennis on you guys, but I call it an unforced error. He just, he was just blushing out right and dropped the football because of the rain. Yeah, he got a little skittish. Also, running it straight ahead, I think neutralized Josh Allen a little bit. But also, John, uh, depth showed up today. You know, so, you know, uh, a lot of goes out. They, they put Driscoll in the game. Uh, and Slay goes out. And they had to play Epson Josiah Scott a lot. And Opeta had to come in. This is a pretty deep team, at least yeah. showed today. Yeah, and you know, I, I, when I saw Jordan lead the game, I was a little concerned because Jack Driscoll's not a natural left tackle. Uh, obviously, if you think about Andre Dillard's hurt as well, so you're down to your third left tackle, essentially. Um, he, he, he's barely taken any reps on the left side. He's always played right guard, right tackle. Um, you know, maybe if it were a nice day, that would have affected uh, the Eagles more. Uh, maybe, in other words, if there were both teams were throwing the football all over the lots, maybe it would have shown up. So, in a weird way, maybe this muck kind of helped the injuries with the injuries on the offensive line uh, because Driscoll can go straight ahead, Opetic can go straight ahead. Uh, but if they had the pass block, I would have been a little bit more concerned. Uh, if that makes sense. So I, I think that was, you know, we have to we have to look this week and see. Hopefully Isaac is okay. He got hurt later in the game. Jordan was out there in the third quarter trying to see if he could get back out there. So I don't think it's terribly serious, but we got to wait and see because those injuries could really affect this team going forward. Hey, hey John, unlike uh, some people on this panel who, who, who won't give them their full due, I thought Jonathan Gannon called a pretty good game today, considering the conditions. He didn't blitz as much. 
um, as some would like him to. I'm not saying any names while we're sitting up here. Blitz. But I thought he blitzed when he had to. No blitz more important than the blitz he called that led to the Bradbury interception to take away momentum from Jacksonville, who could potentially have scored on that drive. Yeah, well, 219 yards be done. I, you know, I, what, this is three games in a row. This defense has played pretty well. And remember, seven of those 21 points was a pick six. That's not the defense. Right. So you're talking about a defense giving up 14 points, and you could say, well, the environment, if you want to make that excuse. But as Hassan Reddick pointed out, they played in the same elements. The Eagles rolled up. I got 401 yards. So they were able to do some things offensively. Um, yeah, Jonathan Gannon's defense, they came in number five in the NFL. It's only getting better. So how high does he have to go before people start saying, oh, maybe he does know a thing or two about defensive football? Well, you know I'm not going to let him get away with that, John. So, here we you know, go. We're, 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 we're going to stay right here, and I'm, I'm going to just kick the facts to you, okay? Here we go. So Trevor Lawrence drops the ball inexplicably. Quite, he dropped two. So. Well, but, but, two. Well, there, well, there you go. So if he doesn't drop those two balls, especially the first one, he's got a guy wide open in the flat, yeah. or he can run for a first down if he doesn't drop that ball. So that wasn't anything that Jonathan Gannon forced. The only turnover that you can really say that Jonathan Gannon forced was the blitz where Bradbury intercepted the ball, um, you know, as they were going into the red zone. Other than that, you, know, you got Hassan Reddick that beat the tackle twice. One time he actually sacked the guy the other time and stripped it. The other time he just slapped the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands. Okay? So is that scheme or is that, you know, a player making the play. It's a big difference. Now, the circumstances of what we saw as far as the the weather and whatnot contributed to that. The thing I don't like is I don't like that he doesn't have an aggressive mindset. Okay, he let that he let Trevor Lawrence after Trevor Lawrence had a very lackluster first half. In the second half, he let him get going on that touchdown drive on on that interception drive. They got down into the red zone before he decided to come. He only came after Trevor Lawrence three times today. You know, see, I, I, I have a problem with the fact that you don't want to heat quarterbacks up when you've proven to yourself and everybody else the last two and a half weeks that it works. So why are you playing so passive instead of being definitive about who you are and what you're going to present to these young quarterbacks who can't handle the pressure? Boy, now I'm going to have to defend JG, Seth. I didn't. I didn't want to have to do that. But I, you know, Trevor Lawrence completed 11 <laughs> passes today. I mean, I don't. I don't know. This is this is the modern NFL. Now, granted, you're right. The conditions play into that. But I mean, as a defensive coordinator, he's got to understand what those conditions are. And maybe this is an opportunity where you don't have to risk things on the back end. Oh, because by the way, you don't have Avante Maddox. Of course, you know. By the way. Chauncey Gardner Johnson still learning how to play safety. So this is a perfect environment to sort of maybe, you know, Christian Kirk, the the biggest playmaker uh, from a wide receiver standpoint. I think he had two catches over nine targets. Now you're right in the fact that Trevor Lawrence and and I mentioned that play. That's a completely unforced error. 
But then you go later in the game, Seth. They had that third one quarterback sneak that he also fumbled. Arguably, that's an unforced error as well. And then he fumbled two other times and he threw the interception. Um, you know, he was rattled. He was rattled. Part of that is this is a guy who hasn't been turning the football over. Um, he, you know, Jacksonville was plus seven coming into this game, number one in the entire NFL. So I do think the Eagles had him rattled. I do think he was worried. I do think that causes some of the things. But where I will agree with you 100%, and you know this better than anybody, and Nick Sirianni says this all the time, show me a good coach and I'll show you good players. You can't be successful without good players. So, yeah, did Hassan Reddick make plays? That's what he's paid to do. But I can't blame Jonathan Gannon because Hassan Reddick makes big plays. That's what he's here for. I'm not John. I'm not. I'm not blaming him. But but I guess you know, my mindset might be just a little bit outdated because I don't ever look at defensive football from a position of risk. I look at look at it from a position of um, forcing the issue. You know, I mean, we live in an era now where offensive coaches, they dictate to defensive coordinators, you know, by personnel and, every, and, and the rules of the game and everything else. They dictate to you who and what you can be. See, I played in an era where from a defensive perspective, we dictated personnel and everything else. And I see other defenses around the league who have coordinators who have an aggressive mindset that are that dictate rather than being dictated to. And I want to see this defense and this defensive coordinator evolve to a position where they dictate to offenses so that they can be more dominant. Because the more dominant they are moving forward, the better it's going to bode for the offensive side of the ball and the special team. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think everything is contextual uh, in, in different areas. You could be more aggressive. But as I said, so right, we're talking about 30 teams as a larger view. And if you're number three, whatever the Eagles are this week, because they're going up from number five, if you're number three of 32, contextually, that's pretty good. Now, it's still a small sample size, but we're starting to get into a larger sample size. We're through four games, so... The point is, if you, if you compare what the Eagles' defense is doing against the other 31 teams, they're well above the mean. They're well above average. They're they're a top-five defense. So, yeah, some of it is, and I agree. I've, I've had this discussion with Jim Schwartz many times when he was here. Defense is, is, is a reactionary um, thing. You, 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 know, you have to see what the offense is doing and react to it. Um, and and that's that's more true today than it was in different eras when you could intimidate teams and you could hit teams and the great defenses you were on. You know, Seth, a lot of those plays you guys made, just 15-yard flags today. And all of a sudden, you're down the field and you got an explosive play for the offense because that's how they're calling the game. So. Right. Yeah, I see your point. And, and by the way, I like more aggressive defense. I can't stand quarters zone. Everybody in this league plays it. It drives me insane. But, you know, they're up against it from a defensive standpoint. You can only 
play with the rules you're given, and it becomes more difficult for the defensive side, it seems, every single season. Uh, John, just a couple things that I uh, had to quibble with today, and one of them was, I talked about it earlier, A.J. Brown with a who for what effort uh, on the interception. But all the late in the game when they're trying to salt the game away, they go for it on fourth and three, did not make it, and give Jackson the ball. Of course, he coughed it right back up to him, which preserved it. But uh, would you have kicked a field goal there? Yeah, I would have kicked a field goal. I mean, I, and we asked Nick about that after the game, and he, he didn't want to answer the question, which is a little bit of a surprise uh, because they won the game. So it's sort of like a footnote at this point. But um, I think because he knows he made a mistake and he didn't want to really discuss it. Look, you, they were great on fourth downs until they weren't. And fourth downs give it, then they take it away. You saw it. The Eagles were three of four before that A.J. Brown. They missed on the fourth down there. Um, so they were really putting a lot of pressure on the Jacksonville defense by being aggressive. Conversely, Doug Peterson who was sort of at the forefront of that when he was here. That Trevor Lawrence play that changed the game was fourth and three. And as he was rolling out, he dropped the football. You go from 14 nothing to think you're going to put this game away to, oh, oh, no, here come the Eagles back. So that's one of those things. I do like that the Eagles are aggressive. I do think it puts incredible pressure on the defense. And I think more often than not, uh, it's the right thing to do. Hey, John, I want to ask you a question. We were debating a short while on this show. Right now, as we sit four weeks into this season, are the Eagles the best team in the NFL right now? Yeah, I think they played like the best team. I don't know if they are the best team. I, I think they played better than anybody else, if that makes sense. I, I still think Buffalo is more talented, and they struggled today, but they've had some injury issues, especially at safety, as we know. So a lot of this is attrition. Um, you know, is Jordan Mailata going to be healthy? Is Isaac Sayamalo going to be healthy? Darius Slade looked like he was having a good time after the game, so I think he's going to be fine. Um, so much of this is attrition, but I think through four games, I think the Eagles have played better than anybody else in the NFL. John, uh, listen, great stuff. We appreciate you hanging in there, and I guess we'll talk to you next week in Arizona. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, All right John McMullen covering uh, the Eagles for Jacob Media. Uh, so uh, quickly, as we before we go to break, uh, we, we really didn't talk about that fourth and three that much. I know if they get the first down, the game's over, and they had converted a couple of fourth and threes in the game. But um, why wouldn't they have kicked the field? You kick the field goal, it's a simple play. It would have been a 38-yard field goal or something. That cashes the game out. Why would they not do that, And as, as it, fate would have it, they give the ball back to Jacksonville there? Data analytics. <laughs> yes. I knew he was going to say that because I'm thinking the same thing. And that's my problem with today's brand of football right there. All right, uh, you know, listen, it seems like a simple decision to me to kick that three. And, and listen, and but, but look, it, that's our old school mindset. That's simple football. Is it logical? If you, no, if it is. 32 to saying. 21, they can't come back. Yes, I'm agreeing with you. But this <laughs> doggone analytics come into play. Right, but you know what the difference is? The difference is if it works out, then you're a genius. If it doesn't, it makes for great debate this entire week. You know yeah, which saying? it is, which it will. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. It, it, it's making for a great debate. All right, let's, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We have much more to come on the show, including our game ball presentation. 
That's coming up on the Eagles postgame show, sponsored by Pond La Hockey, Ocean Casino, 6ABC.com, and Jacob Sports Media. Back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Most car dealers want you to order a vehicle and wait and still overpay for it. Not a Jeff D'Ambrosio destination, Downingtown. The number one Ram store in the region says, forget the wait. They're the number one Ram dealer because you pay the price you want to pay. New Rams starting at $199 per month. $10,000 in savings. 0% financing for 72 months. It's Jeff's 40th anniversary sale, the biggest sale in their history, with the biggest savings ever. Jeff D'Ambrosio destination, Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Anniversary pricing this month only.
And welcome back to the Pondland Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm Mike Misnelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. Devin Caney will join us in a minute. So the Eagles win today 29-21. First of all, earlier I said they scored 30 points off of turnovers, which is impossible since they only scored 29. So I know like social media is probably it's cooking that, me right a, now. It's that new math, Mike. <laughs> right. So they gave up 29 on the four turnovers. But, but let's look inside here. The Jags came in, number one against the run. The Eagles bake them for 210 and Sanders with 134. The Jags came in with a plus seven, best in the league turnover out margin, and they give it up five times today. The Eagles had some injuries. They had a, they used some some depth pieces, and it didn't matter. So at worst, the, the, the number three team in our power rankings, and it could be even higher. Uh, you know, this is kind of magical, is it not? When you look at this roster, the way it's constructed compared to most teams in the NFL, especially when you talk about the trench play. Howie Roseman loves to build his team from the inside out, offensive and defensive linemen. And he's done an incredible job of doing that over the last couple of years. Um, and then you look at the strategic pieces he's added by way of free agency. And what he's built now is close to a complete team. There's still a lot of football to be played. They still have to sidestep a lot of possible injury aspects like a lot of teams have gone through already. But right now, this team is a complete football team when it comes to offense, defense. Now, the special teams is like that old commercial. It's not just a job, it's an adventure. That special teams has a long way to go before you can breathe easy about this team being a three-phase team. Seth, what are we talking about here? Hey, listen, I, you know, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you got to be excited about you know what you see. Um, you know, I tweeted when they went down 14 to nothing. You know, for the first time this year, this Eagles team is facing some adversity. Let's see, you know, how they climb out of this hole. Um, sure enough, they not only climbed out of it, but, you know, um, superseded everything else that came along with it, the injuries and the replacement players that had to step in. Um, and they were still able to be efficient and effective in every phase of the game, you know, even when you throw in the weather. You know, they, they endured, and we talked about the weather being a war of attrition, just trying to figure out how you're going to hold on to the ball and how you're going to, you know, catch the ball and throw the ball and, and, and not fumble the ball away. And obviously, you know, the Eagles did a much better job at that than, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars today. But all of those things are positives for this football team. Um, and it's things that they can continue to build on. And I'm sure when we hear Jalen Hurts, you know, in his press conference, you know, he'll say, um, you know, we still haven't played our standard yet. Yeah, and that's yeah what you expect from from Jalen Hurts. But uh, they, they were down. They, they seemingly were a little down and out today. The weather messing things up. They were down fourteen uh, nothing. Return interception return for a touchdown, and and all of a sudden um, the, the Jags give it back. Uh, Trevor Lawrence fumbles a snap on a fourth and three. Gives the Eagles life. They come down and they score on that drive to make it fourteen to seven with Hurts rushing in for, from the goal line. Then the Jags give up on a third and ten. They run the ball. They punt it back. It was a bad punt. The Eagles had decent field position they come right back down the field running the football eight of nine times and then finally another fumble snap a reddick strip sack that led to to a, a go-ahead touchdown so 20 straight points off those turnovers all in the second quarter by the way 85 to 14 the eels have outscored their opponent in the second quarter 44 to 0 in the last couple of games which is amazing and of course there's four no for the first time since the 2004 season what more can you ask? Is it a perfect product yet? No. But it's a lot more fun when you're learning and, and, and fine-tuning things when you're winning more so than you're losing, and nobody is winning more football games right now 
than the Philadelphia Eagles in the National Football League. We will hear the coaches tell us, as they do each and every week, there are still things we need to improve on, things we need to get better at. But the fact that you're, you're learning these things and improving these things with an unblemished record right now, I'll take that any day of the week. All right, let's, uh, let's bring in Dr. Bruce Grossinger because we had a couple of injuries in this game which forced the Eagles to play some backup players who survived quite well. The, the biggest concern, I guess, is Jordan Maialata, and, of course, Slay went out. Maialata with his shoulder. What, what, what was Slay? I thought he was shaking his hand. What was, what was Slay's? Still haven't got clarification. Still haven't got clarification, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Dr. Bruce, uh, talk to us about the, the Maialata injury and the Slay injury from what you can see. Good evening. Uh, Great to talk to you guys. Another great win. The slay injury was a forearm injury, and it was similar, I guess, to Andre Dillard, who had a more severe form. Dillard's still out. The hope is that this is just a soft tissue injury, and with some some therapy, he might be back for Arizona next week. The Maialata injury, again, he was diving, if you recall, it was the pick six, and he's a big guy, and he dove, and his arm was extended. And as far as we know, it's a soft tissue injury. Again, the two types are the AC sprain, much like Bryce Young, the quarterback of Alabama. He's day-to-day. Also, a rotator cuff tendonitis are possibilities. The fact that x-rays are negative for Mylotta is a really good sign. It means he did not have a humeral fracture, and he did not dislocate or separate his shoulder. So both of them, in your opinion, would be goes for next week? Well, um, you know, it's it's a hypothetical. If they're hypothetically soft tissue, I would say so. With Sayamalu, that injury, to me, is potentially more concerning. Hey, Doc, when we, I'm sorry. When we look at the Sayamalu injury, we saw him grab his ankle, and you could tell he was grimacing in pain. When you're a body that big and you're relying on your wheels like that, even though Lane Johnson told us earlier in the show that you know, he appeared to be fine. He's walking around. What are some of the things you have to be cautious with when you're talking about especially offensive, defensive linemen with ankle injuries? Yeah, and Lane himself, as you recall, two years ago, was plagued with foot and ankle injuries for the whole year. And, you know, he's been great since that time. Let's not forget the Dallas game where Sayamala was carted off the field with a foot and ankle problem and missed the whole season. So I'm always concerned when I see aggravation or re-injury. I'm not sure if it's the same foot and ankle, but again, big Landon Dickerson, all 340 pounds, rolled up on Isaac. So again, the fact he's walking around and he's not getting medical attention, again, would be a good prog- a good prognostic sign. Hopefully, it's just an ankle strain. Doc, uh, the, the play, uh, I'm sorry, Seth, did you, ask, you go ahead. No, I was going to ask him, uh, of, of all the injuries that, you know, that happened today, and even the the... The, um, the Boston Scott injury that he was deactivated for and the Avante Maddox. Um, you know, which one really concerns you the most long-term? Because, you know, we've seen Jordan Mailata on the sideline, you know, testing the shoulder, see if he could go back. He looked pretty good, but, you know, they held him out. Um, you got Isaac Sayamalo and Lane Johnson saying that, you know, he's walking around the locker room. He looks pretty good. Um you know, this is it's just a different era of football where, you know, guys just wouldn't tape an aspirin on it and get back out there like we used to do back in the day. Um, but some of these players are integral parts of really what makes, you know, this team so uniquely good and so uniquely different. 
I'm concerned moving forward because they were relatively injury-free through the first three weeks. And now, you know, you've got about five starters that could potentially be out of the game next week. Which one are you most concerned about? I'm most concerned about Avanti Maddox, frankly, especially in that last drive when Jacksonville scored. They, they basically, uh, the slot receiver torched the backup, uh, I guess it was Josiah Scott. And, you know, there's no real comparison between the two. Also, take a look at the position. Uh, you know, just to D-back, just to have mobility and speed and to be able to cut, move the hips. So Vontae Maddox, I haven't examined him, but that would be my most concerning from a football standpoint. Well, let me uh, answer a couple things in this game. Um, one was uh, Jalen Hurts getting blasted at the goal line, and we well, said, oof, that looks like a, a jolt a hit, and I'm going to get to in a minute to the Tua situation. Uh, when a doctor looks at that, what is he thinking? And also the, the Jake Elliott where he kind of got his leg extended and, and hit, and we saw him on the sidelines take a pill of some sort. I, I assume that's just ibuprofen or like what, what is the doctor giving him in that, that situation? I found that enjoyable. That's a, as you would say, that's a byproduct of the new digital era. In the old days, you wouldn't have caught that. But I presume, hopefully, um, it was just ibuprofen. But the great camera work catching him, you know, throw, you know, with a bottle of water and uh, throwing down some pills, and uh, he made the kick. So I, uh, I guess there was a little, as they say in golf, there's a little swing oil in some of those pills. Yeah. Well. Okay. So. Uh, let me get to, since we have you here, because this is taking over the NFL, this controversy. A lot of people are talking about uh, the Tua situation and going from the one game to the next, and the, the independent evaluator gets fired over this. Uh, what is your take on, on this whole situation, and how is it bad does it make the NFL uh, look? Well, ironically, I was at the game. I think all of this started with the hit in the Bills game, and Tua was knocked. He hit his head down. And he had something called gross motor instability. Mike, you saw him staggering around. Last week, I alluded to Deshaun Jackson. To me, that was a clear sign of concussion. He should have gone into a five-stage concussion protocol. There's a lot of upheaval this week, and it's, it's big news. But if they would have put him into concussion protocol, he wouldn't have returned to the game. The fact that Tua came back five days later and was slammed to the turf and literally had a fencing response where his fingers were disinhibited. That's really very concerning from a neurological standpoint. And there's an entity called second impact syndrome having to do with deregulation of the neurotransmitters, a liberation of glutamic acid, and a lot of bad things when you have a concussion within one week of another. And obviously, the way in practicality I think it's going to play out I think all teams are going to be more conservative. And eventually, they're, they're supposedly going to be amending the concussion protocol. But that's going to have to deal with the collective bargaining agreement. It's going to be a chess match between the league and the Players Association. But practically, I don't think you're going to see somebody with gross motor instability staggering around and returning to play 15 minutes later. I think that'll be the upshot of the Tua situation. Dr. Bruce, thanks for the info. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. That's Dr. Bruce Grosslinger uh, from Philadelphia shedding some light on the injuries today. Of course, the Tua situation, which is uh, truly a sad situation, uh, and we'll continue to follow what the, the NFL, how the NFL reacts to that. Uh, we're going to – what's that? Hey, listen, I, I can tell you where it's going because, you know, the, and the NFL isn't happy about it. You know, the 
NFLPA is going to you know, file a grievance. Um, there's a potential, you know, that there could be a lawsuit in this. The doctor, you know, who the third-party doctor who was, did the examination has now been fired. Um, you know, th there is a proverbial storm of stuff that's going on right now um, and that the NFL wants to suppress. But I think this concussion thing is so big that you can't because it was out front for everybody to see. I mean, we, we saw what happened against Buffalo the week before. It was very, very clear the way he stumbled that he should have went into the concussion protocol. The team made the decision, oh, there's something wrong with his back. He wasn't stumbling because of his back. He slammed his head against the ground. And then you put him back in and you allow him to play and then he comes back a week later and gets another concussion that he has to be taken off the field on a stretcher to the hospital, there's some stuff coming down. Let me ask you this quick question because we used to uh, the, the issue used to be the team doctor was too tied to the team and, and, and hence he, he was pro team and he wanted to get the players back uh, as soon as they could because there was that pressure for him to get those players back on the field. This independent guy, is, is, is it possible that he is still influenced by the team and the pressure to have that guy back on the field? Well, I think the question has to be, even though he's third party and he's independent, is he third party and independent and hired by the team? Or is he third party and independent and hired by the NFL? Did the NFL hire him and say, okay, you're, you're on this game this week? Or did the Buffalo, did, 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 the, um, did the Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills hire this third party guy because it was either at their facility or through their team that they hired him and, and put him on the case. I think what's really disheartening about this whole thing is ever since the NFL finally recognized after a player public outcry that CTE is real, that we're still talking about the protocols evolving at this day and age. Okay, it's been well over 10 years since it's been uh, recognized and identified. They put so-called standards into place to address the issue on when a player should, could and should come back, and yet here it is, a, a hot topic right now, because somebody dropped a ball in a protocol situation, and now between the league and, and the Players Association, they're revamping this even more so now. You know what the problem is, D-Gun? It's one thing, you know, to recognize and understand what's going on. It's a whole other thing to really acknowledge it, okay? The NFL has never really acknowledged this, okay? So, so, so listen. I had a conversation, unbeknownst to me, with one of the um, with one of the attorneys in the in, in the judgment. Okay, and he asked me because you know he wanted to know. I didn't know who he was, but he knew who I was, and he was like, "Well, what did you think about the judgment?" I was like, first of all, the thing that like pisses me off the most is the fact that the NFL could agree to 760 million bucks." Okay, they, they, could, they could agree to settle it, but they didn't have to admit any culpability, okay? See, every time a player gets into trouble, what does the media cry? Oh, you know, I don't see any contrition in this guy, okay? There was no contrition in the NFL. There was no admission of culpability, okay? And everybody knew what was really going on. So they, would, they, they cut their losses and said, okay, we'll agree to pay $760 million to settle this thing because we just want it to go away, okay? So when you don't admit wrongdoing and you don't, like, turn or repent in some type of way, what, what, what makes you think things are going to change? They're not going to change because if you really look at, this, at, the, at the suit and what it really says, 
listen, there's only 10 to 15 percent of the guys that are actually reaping the rewards right. of, 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 of this lawsuit. Yeah. And you know what? If you're not sitting somewhere drooling on your shit on your shirt, looking off in the distance, you have no shot at getting into that money. Right, right. And the thing that, and this is the thing that that rubbed me the most wrong about it, Mike, is that the judge who oversaw the case allowed the NFL to set up the protocols by which the players are examined. Okay, if they didn't take care of us and they lied to us and they did us the way they did us to begin with, you think that they're going to do anything right by us? And, and you allow them to set up all the doctors' networks and everything that's, that, that the players have to go through in order to get a judgment in these cases. This is like outright insanity. It yeah. makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, I think part of the problem was the fact that when initially when this settlement came to fruition, you heard the stories about players going to doctors and possibly promising doctors a percentage of any settlement that they would get. Now, if I'm if I'm on the, the, the giving end of this, meaning the league, I'm calling that's a red flag for me. Then I've got to change the way in which we 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 look at these players and and who did you go to and and I'm going to see the evaluation because if that's the case, any player can pull this, and unfortunately, it affects a good percentage of players that really need this. The only way that you get an unbiased and equal situation in this is that the, the 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 judge should have required that the NFL pay for a third party outside entity. True. Okay. True. To non-biasedly, not biased on the NFL side or the player yep. side, to non-biasedly set up all the protocols, all the neurologists, all the psych doctors, everything. You set it up separately, so. There is no no ambiguity in this thing. Right. You know, that's right, the right. way that it, it needed to be set up. All right, the show's not over, and uh, uh, we're coming back with Game Balls. Devin will be back with us. We'll give out Game Balls. We'll look at, at the upcoming schedule. Where could they first lose their first game? Well, we don't know. Maybe they can roll out 8-0. It's the Eagles on the Hockey Postgame <laughs> Show. Yeah, this is hard to believe. We're back after this. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor. A pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted. Revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated. Motivated. And always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Bondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. 
Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. Back to the Pond the Hockey post game show, guys. It is time for our Colony, uh, excuse me, game balls presented by Colony Pools. Fly with Colony.com. Uh, giving some game balls away. I don't know who wants to start here. I'm going Miles Sanders. Okay. Um, 27 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns, a long of 35. He averaged five yards per touch today. Um, and the Eagles finally gave him enough touches in the game that he could be a difference maker. Um, we talked about it in the pregame show, um, how important the run game was going to be today. And, you know, D. Gunn, I talked about the fact that, you know, whoever could run the ball most effectively today because of the circumstances, we're probably going to run the ball. We're, we're, we're probably going to win the game today. And um, I thought Miles had an outstanding day on top of that. I think he caught. Um, he's the third leading receivers with two catches for 22 yards. All right, I'm going to go with the offensive line because Miles Sanders doesn't get 134 yards rushing unless that offensive line asserts itself. They face the number one rush defense in the National Football League, giving up 55 yards a game. They busted them up for 200 yards, 210 yards rushing today. Um, once they started attacking the middle of the Jaguars defense, Jacksonville cannot stop them. They were picking up 6, 7, 8, 13 yards of carry. That offensive line, even when it lost two starters, the machine never slowed down. From tackle to tackle, I'm giving my game ball to the offensive line. Very solid selections, both of you. 
Uh, I'm going to go somewhere else. Now, Miles Sanders is the A answer, but I'm going to go James Bradbury, and here's why. Because second half, the Eagles had gone out in two straight drives. Smith hobbled off the field, and the Jaguars were driving. Uh, they got to the 19, and they blitzed Lawrence, but Bradbury hiding in the weeds on that play. Kind of, you know, and then all of a sudden he he strikes and Lawrence didn't see him. So a big interception by Bradbury. I, I thought that, that was a key play. So I'll give him the game ball. And at the perfect moment, I like that one. And for once, not everyone has the same answer, guys. Progress here. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised nobody picked Hassan Reddick. I thought yeah, about that's it, true. but I couldn't give it to him. This offensive line turned in a stellar performance today. Mm-hmm. Had to go with the offensive line. But you know what? You do love to see that from Hassan Reddick because he was due, as Nick Suriani has said, for a breakout game. Uh, does this count as a breakout game for Hassan Reddick, do you think? I thought last week was his yeah, breakout game. Yeah, last week was yeah. probably more of a yeah. breakout week. But. He, had, he had a sack and a half last week. Yes. Um, but today, you know, he just straight up dominated his man today. Yeah. They didn't have to run any games like they did last week to free him up. Um, you know, and I'm sure he was he's feeling the pressure weeks one, two, and three, well, weeks one and two, to be able to get something done from the standpoint of, you know, hey, they, they signed me to all this money, you know, and I've got to produce. And he hadn't produced much in the first two weeks, and everyone was wondering out loud whether, you know, um, whether he could produce. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say, you know, two sacks, um, two caused fumbles, and a recovered fumble is, is quite the breakout game. Uh, I have an honorary game ball to give out. I don't know if you guys have touched on this yet. I know I heard you mention uh, A.J. Brown's supposedly missed tackle or he kind of like messed up tackling. Uh, I don't even know who from the Jags got that interception early in the game. Yeah, Andre Sisco. Uh, He tweeted, and, you know, in Philadelphia, we love accountability. A.J. Brown said, not lack of effort, not or yes, it was a bad decision. My thought process was to strip the ball and get it back because defensive guys don't know how to carry the ball, but I got blocked. I'll just tackle him next time. Forgive oh, me. come on, man. See, that's... that's ben Simmons could that never. Is, that is, I got to be honest with you, that's weak. He didn't I get, don't he think didn't that's get, weak. He didn't get blocked. He was right there to make the tackle. They he might. didn't want to make a tackle. That's his way of taking... Ownership. Ownership. Accountability. Yes, accountability. And, 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 accountability. And, and responsibility. What, what, else, what else do you want the guy to do? He, he, he said, said he got I'm, blocked. No. I didn't tackle him. So, so that was my so, bad. Okay, so let me let me read it again. It also and, has and, a little. And, and, and interpret it. Because, okay, go ahead. Because, because we like to take things in a literal sense where, you know, as a player, I understand how to read in between the lines. All right, go ahead. Lack of effort. No. No. Never. Bad decision. Yes. Laugh out loud, okay? My thought process was to strip the ball and get it back because defensive guys don't know how to 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 carry the ball. But I got blocked. I'll just tackle him next time. So what he's saying is I got caught in between should I tackle him or should I strip the ball? And that one second of indecision caused me not to do anything. Well, he made a business decision. No, he didn't he make did. a business decision. <laughs> You know, he made so, a listen, decision. Some, sometimes what we do, <laughs> All right. sometimes yeah. what we do, it's, it's, it's like it's like if you're playing, it's like if you see a ball coming, you're playing baseball. Let me give you two different sport analogies. The ball's coming. It looks like it's over the plate, but you're thinking, you know, I see the rotation. It looks like it's going to break and break down. It's going to be, you know, a ball. So I hold up and I take it, and it comes across. It's a strike. Okay. So he got caught in between. 
instead of just reacting to what you see, right, it's the right. same thing in basketball. Right. Do I lay it up or should I dunk it? Man. Well, I got the shot blocker coming. If I lay it that's up, been, he might swap That's Ben Simmons' that question. I, I, understand the, I understand the baseball analogy because I would swing and miss at that pitch you're talking about. But uh, come on, man. That, that's not ownership. But I'm, 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 I'm hey, listen. Happy. I mean, we oh look at guys goodness. like Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz. I give him, I give, I give him a pass. Yes, I give him you. a pass. Thank you. I do well, too. What is he? Two hundred thirty-five pounds. I give him a pass. Crush that dude. I give him a pass. He's also right. a very valuable piece to the Eagles' offense, and he probably knows that. So right. we didn't want to get injured. Hey, look, he, okay. he came. He out, got he, caught in no man's land. He came out on social media and owned up to it. I'm going to give him that. I'm going to give him that benefit of the doubt. Accountability. Absolutely. It all comes down to. There were a lot of players that wouldn't have said anything. Not me. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, <laughs> we're going to go like to break. Uh, we have our here. final segment coming up, so stick around. This was brought to you by Colony Pools. Flywithcolony.com. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Most car dealers want you to order a vehicle and wait and still overpay for it. Not a Jeff D. Ambrosio destination, Downingtown. The number one ramp store in the region says forget the wait. They're the number one ram dealer because you pay the price you want to pay. 
New Ram starting at $199 per month. $10,000 in savings. 0% financing for 72 months. It's Jeff's 40th anniversary sale, the biggest sale in their history, with the biggest savings ever. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, GoJeffAuto.com. Anniversary pricing this month only. Upon the Hockey Eagles postgame show. All right, let's let's take you out with this little analysis of what's coming up for your Philadelphia Eagles. All right, next two games, probably a little tougher, but then cake, 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 cake. So let's look at it game by game by game because I'm looking at a schedule that could make the Eagles 12 and 0 out of the shoot. Next six. All right, let's go at Arizona next week. How you feeling about that? Eagles. Seth. You know, provided they travel and take care of their business, I mean, you're going over a couple of time zones, the three-hour time difference, uh -huh. you know, uh, depending on when they leave, if the players are prepared properly. And, you know, to my point with Lane earlier, you know, when you're the only team that's left, now all of a sudden you've got that, you know, that mark on your back. So Could be tough. Yeah. I don't know what the Cardinals are. Devin, you like them? Uh, what are they, tied with the Panthers right now? Yeah, they're tied with the Panthers. Eagles. I don't, I don't, I don't yes. know how good that team is, so uh, I'd like them to win that game. Then, I, I just don't want to see that Kyler Murray that showed up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, no, I get you. That's true. You never yards. know a version that's, of Kyler Murray. You just Murray know what they do. That's certainly yeah. the X factor. Yeah. Then Dallas at home. That scares me. Ooh. The Sunday night game. Ooh. Ooh. If, at if, home, Sunday night. You if, know what scares me about ooh. Dallas more than anything is their is their defense. Yes. Because their defense can be extremely aggressive. And and, and, and in my opinion, um, with it being a divisional game, a Sunday night game where everybody sees what's going on, um, the Eagles are going to have to raise their level of intensity and hopefully they're healthy enough on the defensive line because that de that defensive line and that front that no front that front for the no Dallas question. man they're, 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 they're legit yeah they're coming they will be favored in both of those games and now let's go uh, stink stank stink and stank uh, the, the Steelers at home they're dreadful and oh, they, they had to, they had to make yeah. a change today yeah at quarterback so Kenny Pickett will be the quarterback then at Houston and then the Commanders at home, and then at Indianapolis, who lost again today, they're 1-3. I mean, that's six winnable games. Could it, is it possible that they're 12-0? Hey, listen, they've got, they, they, they've got four opportunities coming out of yes. the Cowboys games to really decimate, you know, some young quarterbacks. You're going to have a rookie starting, a second-year guy in David Mills. Yep. You're going to have Carson shaking in his boots in the link again. And then you got – the immobile uh, Matt Ryan coming in here. I say, you know, you blitz them all, light them up, make them scared, and walk away with those four wins. But, yeah, listen, I, get, I give the Eagles a, le a legitimate shot because I think that offensively they can be a lot more explosive 
than they've been. And that's saying a lot. This team scored, what, 38, um, 24, um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what they scored. Another 30-something, 31, 32. I mean, they've got to be averaging right around, right around 20, 28 points a game. They're clearly better than the bad teams in this league, and they'll have one game that you look at and you go, okay, Green Bay. Uh, maybe they're not better in Green Bay at this point of the year, but my God, it, this is looking well, Green, like a Green fourteen win season. Green Bay has wide receiver issues. Yeah, I, they gotta, know, listen, they, they, defense they, is legit. They may be better than Green Bay. They the, may the, be. The, the team, the team that worries me the most is that the Titans can be well, defensively. Yes. yes, they can be a juggernaut. And Derrick Henry juggernaut is a generous word. Well, defensively talented. I, think, I mean, they, they are, but 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 the and the other thing is, Derrick Henry had a day today. He's yeah. starting to look look like himself again. By the time you get to that game, you got that big that big train running yeah. at you. I hear you. It's also a home game. I mean, listen, I don't know. I'm. <laughs> I think that Colts game is going to be an interesting game. Who did the Colts just upset upset at home last week? Or two weeks yeah, but ago, but then they gave it back this week. Kansas City, yeah, but then they, they gave, gave it, back. it back this week. But they're at, they're at home. You know, teams are a little bit different at home. Right. I'm not saying the Eagles are going to lose that game. I'm saying it could be an interesting. All game. right, let, let's wrap it up. Thanks for uh, for watching, everybody, and uh, we'll be back at you next week. Uh, Mike Missinelli, Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney. Thanks for spending the time with us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, and we'll talk to you next week. Fly Eagles, fly. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point.
long past. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. The faces you know, the team you trust, the Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.